going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's up, man? What is going on, buddy? How you doing? doing Brennan, how, how are your feet? My feet? They're yeah. good. Because we're doing a lot of dancing, we're doing baby. Some dancing, baby. We're doing a lot of dancing here. <laughs> Yes, so uh, for those of you who are new to the show, quick rundown. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the major topics in the major sports. So that means March Madness and then the NBA gearing up for the playoffs. Then we will get into the quick hits where we'll touch on a few things quick, including a little soccer corner NHL update. And then I threw something in there at the last second, something I wanted to run by, Joe. We're going to skip the walk-offs this week. Then we'll end on the press conference. But let's start this way. We do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Here we go. This is the kickoff, ladies and gentlemen. But instead of the NFL, instead of college football, instead of NBA, we are leading this Lead. week with March Madness. I think it's the first time in our history. Oh, yeah. In the <laughs> definitely. In the two year what is it? Two almost three years we've done this show? Almost three years, yeah. Yeah, so we're definitely going to lead with March Madness. Uh, I know Joe wants to get into the women's bracket, but before we do that, Joe, my team is in the Final Four. I don't know if you bow, heard. Bow, bow. FAU Isles. Owls. Hoot, 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 hoot. I see that's so lame. It is. It's not the greatest. All right. So. And your team is also. Oh, hang on. No, I was going to say your FAU Owls have made it to the Final Four. You challenged them last week in a weird Weird event where they all obviously already won their conference. Yeah, I know. Um, it was just I like love- a Friday Night Lights thing when all the old players would walk up and look at their state championship ring and go, get you one of these. But that was the state championship. I know. They had accomplished that part. It was the sentiment was there. It was a little mixed message. So. I understand. I understand. But they've reached the final four. Now, yes. Brennan, we can we can act, ultimately ask the question. Uh, I think we could ask it a couple nights prior to, but was the Elite Eight... Making it to the Elite Eight and getting past Tennessee, was it more fulfilling than your bowl game? Uh, yes, 100%, especially because our bowl game, we weren't <clears throat> we weren't favored, but it wasn't a, like a very big discrepancy. You know, it was one of those ones. And it was the same thing against Tennessee. Honestly, looking at some of the analytics and some of the uh, Vegas stuff, they didn't have Tennessee favored. But you hear people like Jay Billis. Not big favorites. Saying things on Pardon the interruption. One of our favorite shows, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon shouts out saying things like, oh, Tennessee's going to roll. They just have too much size. They're too physical. Well, how about now? How about now, Jay Billis? F.A. who? That's right, baby. So, yes, right. more fulfilling, much more fulfilling. Right. And I mean, they they went on to the final four. So, yes, also ultimately by far more fulfilling. They went on to beat Kansas, who had a thriller of a game with Michigan State. Oh, Kansas my gosh. State. Dang it. Kansas State had a uh, thrill of a game with Michigan State. Too many states. That's an issue. Um, made it past them. UConn beat, ran through Arkansas. Gonzaga beat UCLA in also a heck of a game that night. Uh, and the rest of the Sweet 16, Miami uh, over Houston. San Diego State over Alabama. Told you that Carmel thing was going to come into play. Yeah, you did. Uh, you Texas over Xavier. And Crane beat Princeton in the whitest game ever played. Uh, post segregation, um, uh, then UConn demolished Gonzaga. <laughs> I love how you do the post segregation. What the hell? Oh, jeez. What happened? Goddamn ESPN. Oh, um, we're all right. We're all right. Uh, UConn rolled through Gonzaga. FAU beat Kansas State in a hell of a match where they had to come back from being down big in the second half. Um, Dorwell made a name for himself. He'll be playing overseas for a very long time. Uh, 30 and 12. He averaged like 30, not 30. He averaged like 20 plus in 10, 12 assists a game. He was a double-double maniac. Uh, And then we had to end out the Elite Eight. We had Miami coming back from 13 down with eight minutes left to beat Texas. Uh, and then San Diego State being created on a controversial call. Brennan, what what a Final Four we have set up. We have the prospects of your actual alma mater, FAU Owls, versus my adopted team since I was a boy, uh, the Miami Hurricanes. 
who once had their basketball program closed. It was out of it was just non-existent for a period of time. And it wasn't a, a sanction or anything. It just they shut it down. Yeah. Just didn't see the need to have it. Um, now they're back. Jim Laranega, 17 years after getting James Madison to the Final Four, he's gotten Miami to the Final Four. And as Tony Kornheiser has been saying, the two most improbable Final Four runs with two teams who had never been there before. Um, other coaches have done it with teams who are more so blue bloods. Yeah. Uh, he's done it with two unconventional teams, to say the least. Uh, what What do you foresee? I know what you're going to say, but what do you foresee? So I'm super excited. Uh, for those of you listening, I may or may not have put a bunch of money on FAU against Miami in the national championship and FAU over Miami in the national championship. I disagree but, with that hardly. <laughs> um, but a couple of things. So we're talking Final Four here. UConn, I'm nervous for Miami because UConn's been rolling teams. Rolling people. In a big, bad way. FAU, I was nervous going into the Elite Eight. Because in a lot of the games FAU had played in the tournament, we'd kind of been up most of the game. And then against Kansas State, we were actually up. It was back and forth a lot in the, the first half. And then in the second half, we went down by, like you said, quite a margin. I think it was like 12 points or Yeah, you guys points. got cold for a second there. Yeah. And then we ended up coming back and winning the game. So I'm less concerned. I mean, obviously, as an alum, I'm, I'm pulling for FAU. Go ahead. I, I will say... The only reason, and not the only reason, but I can I can have a, I can get I can get emotional. I, I when I'm rooting for a team, I can get you know I have high highs and low lows. Uh, the only reason I did not turn that Miami game off when they were down 13 with eight minutes to go was because I just saw FAU do the same thing yeah. the night before, and I said, you know what? If there's a will, there's a way. And they just need to play some defense, lock down, make them miss shots because they're scoring at the other side. But the problem is Texas is just scoring at a scoring higher too, rate. Yeah. So I also because of FAU, I was able to stay with that game and feel the euphoria that I hadn't felt since January 2022, 2023. I, w- I wanted to um also New York City. say that this was a much much easier path, I think, than what you have to do going through UConn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think going through San Diego State. It's an understatement. Yeah. Um, also, I'm wearing my Jack shirt. I don't know if the people can see that, but that it, it reminded me a lot of the um, the playoff game. Playoffs. Where, uh, playoffs. You know, FAU goes down in the second half, and then the commentators and some of the people are kind of like, you know, the talking heads are like, well, we expected this. Kansas State's a blue blood team. You know, they've, you know, not as blue as Kansas, but still, they've, you know, they've got some pedigree. And everyone was just kind of like, yeah, this game's over. This game's over. And then we came back, and it was the same thing with the Chargers Jags game going into halftime down 23 or 27. And people are like, oh, this is over. And then we came back and won that. So my teams have been coming up in big, bad ways with comebacks. I'm super excited. I think we definitely have a chance. I don't actually think it's, like I said, I think it's a much easier road than what Miami has to go through. What are you most concerned with going into the UConn game, that offense? Because they've been rolling people. Yeah. Um, their offense and just foul trouble. Foul trouble. One of the uh, one of the things that I was most fearful about in that uh, game against Texas was Norm Cattlemere initially had like one foul and then out of the blue he had four fouls. Just out of nowhere. And then yeah. he, oh, we thought he had his fifth foul. Everyone did. He did. He was laying on the ground when he jumps up for a rebound and the defender kind of just continues uh, boxing out. And just continues about as he's in the air and he like flips over him and they already made one over the back call. And it's like, they're going to call that again. Like, like at some point you have to go for the ball. If I'm jumping and contesting for the ball, you're not even contesting for the ball at this point. Uh, And they made the right decision. They call it a foul on the other player. Um, He was able to stay in the game. But Miami, their ability to score is not question their defense isn't the greatest um steps up in key moments but it hasn't been great all season long and like you said UConn they got they got guys yeah. <laughs> they got, they got like NBA they got shooters. thumpers yeah. <laughs> they got shooters they got big man presence I can't remember the young man's name right now but they got presence inside um it's just going to be a tough game it's going to be similar to the Texas game 88 81 that was like probably some of the 
it had the it had everything you wanted. It was a it was a full college experience at this level. There was some high level shooting that looked pro like, and then there were boneheaded plays here and there, which is what you're going to get out of a college game. Yeah. Um, but the fluidity of the game, you know, looked looked stellar. Uh, compared to that same day, that Sunday, you had Creighton versus San Diego State, fifty six, fifty seven. <laughs> like that, that's not what we're gonna see in this game between Miami and UConn. Um, it's gonna be a hell of a battle. Um, I, I, I kind of get it now. I kind of railed against it, and to me, it's always gonna be the issue with college basketball. But the Final Four is an accomplishment, even yes. if we don't win it. If we don't, if we don't win, beat UConn. If we don't win the game. You made it through. We you talked about made this. It yeah, through. we talked about You're this on week it's three. Like, <laughs> it's like making the college football playoff. You know, there's down to four teams. Now, I was actually thinking about this. And before we go on to talk about the women's side of the bracket, I actually wanted to make mention of this. So this actually became a thing. I'm proud of us. Yeah, look at that. Um, With people reaching out like, you guys are crazy. I was like, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we are. So... The so the final four is probably one of the most unconventional final fours we've ever seen. Three teams who've never made it before. You got UConn, who's a blue bud, but not looked on as a blue bud like they should be. Um, and you're hearing a lot of people say, Oh, this is a terrible final four. No one's gonna watch. The ratings are gonna be terrible. Will Bond went as far to say he's not really gonna watch. David Dennis Jr. and Pablo Torre just kind of a shoot it on a debatable, but. My thing is, okay, the 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 field is sixty four. This was going to happen eventually, right? Yeah. And you just want blue bloods, Brennan. This is going to be the future of the college football playoffs. We're going to open it up to twelve teams. We're going to open it up yep. to sixteen, and the best team is going to get knocked out. This is why I always say that the college football players should not expand because there's in a season, in a given season, there's not really eight teams that can win, but no. eventually. A team is going to have a bad day, and somebody's going to get the better of them. And then you're going to be like, oh, this is a trash This is a trash championship. I don't want to watch. The 16 seed somehow snuck their way through, yeah. and, and they're going to win. I agree with you. I've been saying this whole time that if they want to expand, I, in my opinion, the biggest they could expand to is eight, and then that leaves the five conference champions, and then you have three, three at large. Yeah, three at large bids, and that way the smaller schools can get in there just to get a chance. As someone who played against those bigger schools at a smaller school, D1 nonetheless still, but it was a smaller D1 school, we got our brains beat in a lot of the time you do those games for the money and stuff. So, but if you have a good seat, it's just the disparity in talent in college football is tremendous. And I think the NBA has it right. As far as the, the playoff situation, I think that's the play in now. Okay. Yeah. You're absolutely (laughs) The NBA two, three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was, had it exactly right. I liked the way it was set up where it was just seat them, you know, the best teams in the best order, uh, and then you play seven. Obviously, you can't do that in football. It's too violent. Uh, but uh, I I really do think that this is out of hand. And the same thing's going to happen in college football. Like you said, a team that deserves to win a national championship is going to have a bad week. Yeah. And you could say, oh, well, then don't have a bad week. Well, it's it's football. I did and a whole it's college walk-off. kids. <laughs> yeah, and I did a whole walk-off on how three plays can change the outcome of an entire game. You throw one pick six, that game could be over. So look, it's uh, look, uh, Georgia. We don't know if Georgia wins the national championship last year based on an Ohio State missed field goal in the final like, seconds. Yeah, yeah, like that. It can change that quickly and have that be a 16 seed where their quarterback just has an amazing day. Or I mean, 16 seed is a little outright, but like a 12 seed or 11 yeah. seed, like say in the second round, you know the the number ones or two number ones and twos or number ones get a bye. So in the second round, you have a 12 going against a one, and then the quarterback is just you know throws two pick sixes in the first half, and then it's over. Or I mean, it's football, so say the quarterback gets hurt. Yeah. First in a game that game. he probably yeah. wouldn't have played if we didn't expand to 12 teams. Yeah, so there's just so much that can happen. You could say, oh, well, that can happen in basketball, too. I think basketball um, as a sport is a very um, – it's like the equalizer almost. Like if you, get, yeah. if you get hot and you're sinking shots – there's not because there's there is a physical disparity 100 percent as far as athleticism, as far as talent and things like that. But as far as shooting and we see this in the we see you can this always in the tournament find every a year. way to put the ball in a basket. You can always find a way to shoot it. 
And if you get hot from the three, you can destroy teams. I mean, shit, Golden State's built an entire offense off that. So it's like, built yeah, empire. Get, yeah, get shooters, man. And so that's why I love not so much college basketball, but I, I am into the tournament, obviously, go Owls. But I love basketball in the sense where it's like, no, like any any given team can get hot and shoot the lights out of the place and win the game. So I, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think the expansion of college football will destroy the regular season. It won't have any meaning at all. And you're going to have teams that have no Ryan Rosillo doesn't rant on this all the time. You're going to have teams that have no business being there, being there. I don't want to win it. I don't want to see in the NFL. I don't want to see an eight and eight team now, nine and eight, whatever it is in like winning the playoffs. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's the most upsetting of all the things. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. And I love Cinderella stories. I love upsets. I love the underdog. Everyone knows that about me, but the problem with this is it's not the true champion. I was about to say, and the thing in the, in the case, in, uh, in the case of David, David Dennis Jr. And everybody, it's like, Oh, we love Cinderella's for the first weekend, but the second weekend bring on the real blue yeah. bloods and everything. But in a year like this year where, Nah, we just got random, not random, but more random teams than normal just getting their way through. It's going to happen. It's eventually yeah. going to happen. And, the, uh, and then what, you're going to say what? I, I'm not going to watch the college football playoffs. People are going to like, watch. Just this is wrong. The one they're going to watch it, but it's like they're, they're going to take, they're going to be like, well, in the annals of, you know, every year. We kind of the the discussion resurfaces. Is this the best college football team? Is this the best college football defense? You're gonna have years where the best team isn't rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the point I wanted to make. So in the NFL, we like see you're gonna this- have a case. You, you, oh, sorry, you're gonna have a case where that LSU team with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson could not win a championship. Yeah, if they get bounced off of of a weird situation, they just don't win it, and now it's like. Well, are they the best team? Well, there were twelve teams in the playoffs, and they kind of lost. Like, what? What are we doing here? Why are we? Why are we? Marvin Harrison Jr. and C.J. Stroud got bounced in the playoff. Like, I yeah. Like, why are we expanding to the to the point where? Because, like you said, eight. Okay, I'm fine. I'm gonna be against it because I think there's only four teams. I think there's really only two to three teams in any given year that can actually win the thing. um, That is talented enough. That far off. I don't it's it's a shit system. I understand, but they got it right more times than not. (laughs) The problem was always the third team. You're like, oh, but they were so close. And those weird like LSU Oklahoma seasons when they both go undefeated. And it's like, yeah, so it's like, all right. But for the most part, BCS kind of wasn't wrong, but I understand the dollars and the the competitiveness of it all. But, yeah, that's why I'd be fine with eight. But 12, to me, is just a bridge too far. That's ridiculous. The one thing I wanted to say is, you know the best team doesn't win every year and the best team doesn't even make it to the championship every year. It's never more prevalent than in the NFL because I understand what people are saying about this Final Four. Like, oh, these aren't teams that are going to sustain excellence. It's basically what everyone's beef is. Like, oh, this is a blip. Like, we're not going to see any of these teams back here next year. This is ridiculous that we even have to watch Except Miami. (laughs) But... Building and a program I, I here. Lead eight last year. Just understand like. the logic, but the problem with that is that happens in every sport. That's why we love sports so much, because anything can happen. We've talked about this ad nauseum on walk-offs during the show, all sorts of things over the last three years. The reason sports are great is because anything can happen. Well, you know what? We see it every year in the NFL, because one of the teams that makes it to the Super Bowl, nine times out of ten, is poo-poo the next year, because they had no business being in the Super Bowl in the first place. That's a really good point. Thank you. I don't think it's going to be the case this year because both of those teams were number one seeds in their division. Yeah, but in their but, conference, yeah, very good. But That's like what I said, nine out of ten. I was about to say, but you had uh, not in the next year, but well, actually, it does. Cause I was going to say Cincinnati the Rams, but the next year the Rams were shit. Yeah, next year the Rams. <laughs> I was were say Cincinnati was the true team that was actually good. The Rams were yeah. kind of the false bill of goods, the fool's gold there. Tampa Bay fell off. I the one that always jumps to mind is that uh, Tampa Bay didn't fall off that bad. Is the Colts Bears Super Bowl when the Colts oh the won, Bears were nothing and the ba- everyone was like the Bears. What are the Bears even doing? How did in they the get Super here? Bowl? Yeah, got here on the back of Devin Hessner and Jay Cutler. No, it wasn't. Jay Cutler was, was not the quarterback. It was uh, Rex Grossman. Oh, uh, my God. Brian That's Erlacher, Lance Sexy Briggs. Rexy. I'm trying to think of who the running back was. I can't think of who the running back was. But 
Did you go full ball? Are you are you Golik and Golik Jr. In it? Okay, I'm like you've done that twice, but you've put your hand up I immediately. That, yeah. yeah, so I'm like, is he Golik Jr. now? What's going on? No. All right. I keep telling myself my hair isn't thinning, but I think it is. But everyone in my family has like this super big forehead hairline, so I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. I'm fine. All right. Well, on to the women's bracket. Brennan, we had a, a a nice little upset with Miami beating Villanova, kind of cruising for most of that game. Uh, and then they got a call from Lil Wayne afterwards. Uh, Jasmine Roberts really made a name for herself <laughs> this tournament. Uh, LSU took on Utah in a very closely contested match. Ended up winning, uh, even despite the fact that Angel Reese got uh, in foul trouble and got her fifth foul towards the end of that game. Iowa rolled uh, Colorado. Uh, Caitlin Clark, 31 points. What a game. Um, and uh, Louisville beat Ole Miss on a Saturday. Saturday, you saw Maryland t- throttled Notre Dame. Notre Dame was up early, and then that game became a, a landslide late. Um, South Carolina got past UCLA. Ohio State knocked off UConn. Uh, big upset there. Not big upset, actually, because UConn is not the juggernaut that it once was. And without Paige Beckers being there, it's a little more difficult for Jess AZ Fudd to kind of get it all done on her own. And then in the <laughs> this shouldn't be an upset, but for this show, its purposes, this was an upset. I had said Tennessee was going to roll Virginia Tech. Tennessee had been putting up 90 a game. Virginia Tech and Georgia Amore rolled through Tennessee virtually with not much issue. Uh, 73-64. Kyle, shout out to the Hokies. Hokies. That took us to Sunday where LSU beat Miami. A hard game to watch for me, Um, especially coming right after the win over Texas. Uh, Just tried to will them to victory. Jasmine Roberts, again, had another 20-plus point performance. Um, she was pretty much virtually the only offense we had in that game. And then Caitlin Clark in the nightcap beat Louisville damn near single-handedly in this tournament. She's score or assisted on 62% of all of Iowa's points. And in this game, she had a 41-point triple-double with 10 boards and 12 dimes. If you don't know the name Caitlin Clark at this point, you better know it because it will be on your TV screens for the foreseeable future, whether she decides to return to college or if she decides to enter her name into the draft. And then on Monday night, you had South Carolina, who had a close game with Maryland early, and then they eventually pulled away. And then, again, I have to eat crow, Virginia Tech, and the Hokies. Uh, Elizabeth Kitley, who is the roommate of the amazing guard, Georgia Amore, uh, who is Australian, by the way, my new favorite Australian. Uh, they were able to Didn't see that withstand coming. the barrage of Ohio State, who tried, who gave them a, a, a highly contested game. They were able to withstand it and get the victory and move on to the Final Four. Brennan, you want to yeah. know something cool here? Sure on did. Monday, South Carolina won. Virginia Tech won. You want to know something they got in common? What? They both got black coaches, baby. We got two black coaches in the women's final four. Let's go. Um, so yeah. Alrighty. I, I think uh, go ahead. I was just gonna admit something for the listeners. Um, I didn't realize that there was another half to the bracket on the NCAA website. So as you were going over the games, I'm like, I don't I only don't I don't see half these teams. <laughs> like what the hell's happening? Also, uh I wanted to just uh I mean, I know we had South Carolina you rolling. You got to scroll down or you got to scroll to the side. Yeah, I got to so. scroll down. Uh, I know we have South Carolina rolling. I want to admit, I thought, I, I don't follow a lot of college women's basketball. Everyone knows that. That's Joe's That's Joe's account. That's that's Joe's thing. I'm changing that, though. Changing you that are changing it. You're changing it for me. I follow a lot more now. Go Dallas fucking, come on, my Dallas Knights. Wings. wings. Excuse me. I almost said I almost said Kings. I said Knights, Kings, and then Wings. Uh, <laughs> but, um. I had Ohio. I I also thought Ohio State, just from what the clips I had seen online and on highlights, was going to roll. So Kyle, I'm here to tell you, I apologize. I apologize. I'm sorry. Virginia Tech, well deserved win. 
Well, I, I apologize. I'm hat in hand. I, I completely made a, I didn't make a fool of myself because, I mean, Tennessee had, you know, proof in the pudding. But, yeah, no, Virginia Tech, number one team in the ACC um, all season long, ACC player of the year, last two years with Georgia and Moore. Um, yeah, no, she put on uh, a display for us to see. And uh, they're, they're deserved number one seed, and they're deserved to be in the Final Four. Um, I, I kind of resorted to blue blood and because in the women's game, you kind of see that more so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we have a we have a new era, and uh, I am rooting wholeheartedly for Virginia Tech to make it to the championship, as well as South Carolina. Not just because of the two coaches uh, being black. One v one, man. That's that's a that's a fucking game. It's a one v one situation. But uh, South Carolina, I want to go because uh, that is because the coach though Don Staley, Philly's own uh, yeah. Eagles fan, repping it all day. She wore the Randall Cunningham jersey uh, the day of her game on Super Bowl day. That was pretty awesome. But I have a big issue with LSU's coach. I hate Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey is a a terrible human being. Um, she would. She refused to give comment when Brittany Griner got detained by Russian authorities. Um, Brittany Griner played for her at Baylor. That's what she I was ask you. forced Brittany Griner to not reveal her uh, sexual identity um, because she wasn't for it, or because of the school's uh, Christian uh, attachment or something. Also, she defended the the school and the program, the athletic program, during the Art Bryles. Uh, sexual misconduct scandal with the with the entire football team. Um, so Kim Mulkey just she just I I just have a bad taste in my mouth as far as her as a human being. Why? Um, oh, I'm looking at her now. That's why I was gonna say why does why does she keep getting opportunities? It's because uh, she she's won. a she's a great coach. Yeah, she's <laughs> She's a great coach. She's one at every level. She was an Olympic player. Um, she's she's a fantastic coach, but. As a human being, I just don't like her. Pan America <laughs> Olympics. All right, let's. I think she also played in the Olympics oh, as well. <laughs> I, I think so. Um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, just not a big fan of her. So let's go. Oh Hokies. yeah, and Olympic gold medalist. Damn. Yeah. Uh, let's go Hokies. Let's go Gamecocks. All right. All right, Joe, we are moving on now to the NBA. A uh, couple of things we want to touch on with the playoffs swiftly approaching. Uh, Luka Doncic and, Kyrie Ir- Doncic and Kyrie Irving might not even make the play-in game. They might not, Brennan. They Defense is falling not. apart. They uh, never lose the asset. Defense is uh, so- falling apart. Defense, they had it? They had, oh, yeah, they had very it? good point. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this last week and the week before. They, had, they haven't had a defense in a long time. Uh, this Kristaps Porzingis trade is looking like a, a highway robbery at this point for the Wizards. Porzingis? Oh, because what they get out of there? Be, just because he's playing out of his like, so Luca and him didn't get along. Luca wanted him out, and so they traded him to Washington. They I don't I can't even remember what they got out of it. But now Kristaps is playing really well for Washington. Yeah, but and, Washington's not about to make the playoffs either. Though, so. No, I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> if you could have Kyrie or a healthy Kristaps, what would you rather have? I mean, a healthy Chris stops is like, that's like acting. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I'm yeah, trying to I think know. of like it. I know what you're saying. Um, but yeah, so the Mavs with um, someone who's been in the MVP race the last two years, someone who was not supposed this to year, Luca, not this year, someone who was supposed to be the next guy. Uh, everyone called Atlanta ridiculous for trading out for him uh, to get Trey Young instead. Uh, the Mavs look like they had something going. Then Kyrie comes in through. And to be honest, well, you know, I've bashed Kyrie a lot, but this is through no fault of his own. He's this team is just not designed well. Luca needs to be on a team like, yeah, Luca needs to be on a team like, I don't know if you put Luca on Brooklyn with those big wings and some shooters. I think that would go a long way. But this this Mavs team just they're not. What do you think? They're not going to make the play. Like, what are we doing? I don't even think Luka needs to be on a team with big wings and shooters. Uh, the team they had last year got to the Western Conference Finals, yeah. and they decided to not bring back Jalen Brunson and let him leave and go to the Knicks where he's having the contract success. wasn't that big either. I was about to say, the contract wasn't that insane. It's not. It wasn't that crazy. So 
And I think they could have had him for less than that originally at like the start of the season if they wanted to get the deal done early. Yeah, that's what happened. He said, um, he, I think it was even out there that he openly admitted that they basically disrespected him with the offer. If you would have just offered him something reasonable, he said he would have resigned. But they yeah. offered him like two for 15 or something. And he was like, are you in your fucking mind? Something crazy. Something crazy. And so now we see what he's doing for the New York Knicks. Uh, I believe they're with the sixth spot, fifth spot. Fifth spot. Um, 43 wins. And the Mavs made a Hail Mary. They went out and got Kyrie again. Like you said, no fault of Kyrie's own. He's been playing stellar ball for the most part. Um, and the team just doesn't have it defensively. They just don't have the bodies. They lack the depth. They They just... They're lacking in so many departments, and they're struggling to get wins over the goddamn Charlotte Hornets. They're taking losses to the Charlotte Charlotte Two Hornets. losses in three games to the Hornets. Like what the heck? And then, um, and then you got you got. I mean, I don't think Rosillo did it, but you got Boston just attacking Kyrie. And I'm, I'm no obvious, didn't do it. Obvious racial undertones. Uh, David Portnoy just saying uh, because Luca went on to say. Um, it's he's not having fun out there right now. He's he's not playing with a smile. You know he's dealing with some things personally. And Portnoy translated that to Kyrie's a cancer. He's ruining Ruka's a, a love and joy for the game. And then you know Boston fans uh, just you know took that sentiment and rallied around it. Uh, so yeah. It's just a poor construction of a team. Mark Cuban he he won one. Luckily the brash uh, mouthy owner. Remember of, when uh, he was the young Maverick? Now he's just the old I complainer. Know, I know. Well, he's always been the complainer. That 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 part hasn't changed. But oh, um, I didn't even mean to do that. Young Maverick. His team is the Mavericks. I you didn't, didn't do that. Oh, I thought you were do doing that. that on purpose. No, I just meant like he was like the rogue guy, and he was like, "We're gonna spend all this money, and I don't give a shit." And all their owners were like, "This guy's crazy." Yeah. Um, by the way, Kyle just said something uh, to our previous topic: Miami and F, uh, Virginia Tech, the two teams. Uh, uh, representing the ACC in the Final Four, uh, the ACC is the only team to have both representations. So shout out to those oh, two yeah. squads. Um, but yeah, no, the Dallas. I think they're gonna eventually get in. Um, I don't. I think OKC can only hold on for dear life. But OKC's going for it. I disagree. OKC's going for it. I'm not saying they're not going for it. They're definitely going for it. But they're holding on for dear life. And I I just can't see the talent level of so Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving not at least getting a 10 seed. In the NBA to say a guy who's been in the top five for MVP can't pull his team into the playoff. Play in. Yeah, bananas. that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're, He has to be able to drag he the carcass to. of that franchise into the 10 seed. If Russell Westbrook could drag the Washington Wizards into the playoffs, yes. Luka Doncic has to. He yeah, has to. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> dragging into the playoffs. Dude, this team ain't dragging, baby. They're storming in. The Timberwolves, which I, I can't speak for Joe because I don't remember, but I bashed all year. I was... Ragging on him. The Gobert thing was ridiculous. You just traded away your future just to get worse. Anthony Edwards is a great player, but he's still too young. Yada, yada, yada. Cats out again. Cats hurt. Well, guess what? Apparently, the Timberwolves listened to the show and got sick of what I was saying. Even though Anthony Edwards went out the um for a little while with an ankle injury, the Anthony Timberwolves... Huh? You mean Cat? No, no, no. Anthony Edwards just recently went out with an ankle oh, injury. Oh, did he? Oh, damn. Or excuse sad. me, a calf strain. But he, um, he's probable. He's not like out-out. He just, oh, you okay. know, it was a little iffy because he was like a little banged up going to the playoffs. But yeah, Carl Anthony Towns was out for almost the entire season. And then yeah, he was out for a good duration. Because it was like, oh, we'll reevaluate in two weeks, which turned into two weeks. I think he went out in November and then was out until... Like they said, he was gonna be back in January, then February. It is now March 29th, and he's just now coming back. Yeah, he just last came couple. back last Wednesday, and he yeah. hit a game winner. And his- listen to this: since the last one, two, three, four, five, six games, they are four and two. They are definitely playing very well. Carl Anthony Towns gives them something that every team dreams of: a seven footer that can space the floor and shoot threes. Which and we- Brennan, where are they currently sitting in the West? In the seating of the West right now, let me pull that up for you. Ba, ba, ba. So as far as the standings, the Minnesota Timberwolves are sitting at number seven. 
Seven. And how Just, far are they from the team ahead of them? Which is uh, the sixth seed? Half a game. And what team is that? The uh, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the Golden State yeah. Warriors. Half game back of the Golden State Warriors. Um Man, I thought that the Timberwolves just surprised me all the time. Last two seasons especially. Um, I thought they were left for dead once Cat got hurt. Uh, they were floundering. They looked like an upstart team last year when they made the postseason. But they, like you said, they made that go bear trade. They got rid of Pat Bev, who was a heart of that team for a bit. Yep. Got rid of Malik Beasley, who was a scorer and a, a bucket getter. And you didn't know what this team was going to end up being. You're you're just sitting there, you know, kind of stuck and confused at what the prospect of this team was. Um, but they stuck with it. They made moves to still try to be competitive. Uh, they went and got Mike Conley when we thought that may have been a buyout situation. I was like, oh, where did Mike Conley go? And people were like, no, he's still in Minnesota. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. And he knows how to play with Gobert. He knows how to play with Biggs. He knows how to play with Gobert because they did it in Utah together. So. Yeah. Um, for a short period of time, but still, um, I heard an interview. Just real quick aside, I heard an interview with Mike Conley, and it's so weird because we talk about these guys just from watching their play, and like, oh, this guy's old, this guy's washed, this guy's this, this guy that. Mike Conley is refreshingly self-aware, and I found that I found that really um, not only refreshing but just interesting. The guy's he's an interesting dude, like to play in the league. He's been in the league sixteen years. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I, I understand what's happening, but as long as I can see, see the court the way I see the court, I'm still going to have a home on a team, and I just hope I can keep it up. But I was, I don't know, I was just, you know, a lot of these guys are just kind of like, obviously to be an elite professional athlete, you have to be pretty full of yourself, the, the confidence factor. But Mike was very, like, down to earth in this interview, and I was like, I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm becoming a Timberwolves fan. Uh, I'd say, I think the older players get, the more self-aware they are because you have to understand what's going to keep you around. Yeah. Uh, if you want to stay around, you got to understand what keeps you around. It's like Carmel it be, Carmelo Anthony syndrome. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that bit of time where he got bounced from what Houston and yeah, he cause he refused to come didn't off the bench. Didn't want to come off the bench. Was, yeah. yeah. Then they were like, mm, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, again, there's also uh, a high, he was a high, level player versus Mike Conley, who very good, but not as Yeah, um, I mean Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer. Great player. By the way, now that I'm thinking about it, uh this is gonna sound crazy. And I know it's probably not feasible, but a lot a lot has been said about the Memphis Grizzlies over the yeah, last I was couple of months. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if do you think you, where do you think I'm going? I think you're saying next year uh Mike Connolly goes to Memphis to be the adult no. in the room. No, that's not no. what I'm saying. Sorry. What I was going to say was when they drafted Ja, the notion was we got get a, we have to get rid of Mike Conley. Should they have kept him to be the adult in the room? Oh, you mean sliding doors should they have never got rid of him in the first should they place? Have never, should they have allowed them to overlap to some degree? I don't know. Because what know did they the even NBA get from Utah? Like, like, what did they get from Utah? They what did they get, get from anything. Utah? Yeah, nothing, <laughs> like, but, nobody knows what they got from Utah. I mean, that's a big thing, obviously, in the NFL with, like, a veteran quarterback takes the rookie under his wing yeah. and stuff. I don't know if that's very prevalent in the NBA, though. It's not, but I, I completely agree with you. I think John Morant would be in a totally different place right now in his career and his personal life had Mike Conley stayed in Memphis. I completely agree with that. I just don't think that's how things are done. Yeah, it, it's not. I, I, and again, I mean, I don't, think, idea. I don't think it would have happened. Franchise. I mean, look. Uh, Michael, you want me to buy into the Hornets and help you out there? I got two bucks. Two bucks. Oh, sorry. I'm giving that two bucks to Brennan. Um, inside jokes here. Uh, May 31st, but yeah, 2023. Uh, one man. But show. also, uh, I've already seen it already. Um, I've seen it uh, the most. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, the, also the more egregious one is... Um, Andre Godawa, who yeah. they made a trade for. Somebody's alarm's going off behind me. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, yeah. But they made the trade for Iguodala to be the adult in the room, but Iguodala refused to report because he wanted to go to a championship caliber team. Um, and Memphis ended up being very good that season, but Iguodala eventually got the buyout he wanted and made his way uh, to, I think he went to Miami before he went back to 
Uh, Golden State. Golden State, State yeah. Um, eventually. But, uh, yeah, so they, they've they've tried. They tried it once. Um, and now the oldest man in the room is a, a gold-tooth pirate who's not even 30 years of age, who's been out for a long period of time. And trust me, I know, because he's on my fantasy team, and I had to let him go because oh, he'll, like, really? come back before the end of the regular season. So if he yeah, does, so- it's going to be, like, right before the end of the regular season. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because that's what we just saw with Cat going back to the Timberwolves. He came back and I the beginning of the season, like the whole season, we were like, Oh, this team is not for real, not for real. And then Gobert was literally looked at as the worst trade in NBA history. Um, recency bias aside, like it was a bad trade. Also because of what they gave. They gave up too that's much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> they gave up way too much. And that became the new standard. So that's why the KD thing took so long, was because it was like, Oh no, this is what Gobert got, so this is what KD gets. And it's like, no, that's that's the Deshaun Watson, Haslam. Brown not getting into it. I know. I'm just saying that's you're re, you're not resetting the market. This is an anomaly. This is an outlier. This doesn't count. Um, so I think the Timberwolves have proved me wrong. That's what you said the market. You set the market. Now it's the market. He's, yeah. And he's playing incredibly well. Cat's been playing really well since he got back, which he should. He had three months off. Um, I. That's not a guarantee. I mean, I know a lower leg injury. I mean, you you can't For really work footer, out yeah. as much. Um, you work so, on that shot though, which is already. But clean. There, there's new technology that you know zero gravity treadmills and stuff that don't put HGH blood transfusions. Whoa, what Germany. Just there? What just happened there? What just happened there. Oh, did you Germany? Hear LeBron's, LeBron's what just happened there? Back? Two doctors said he was probably out for the season, but he's coming back. I don't know. Coming back, he already came back. It's played like saying. two games. He yeah. went to see the LeBron James of foot doctor, which led yeah, you yeah, to it's... believe. Why didn't you see the Michael Jordan of foot doctor? Hey, hey. stole oh. that from around the horn. Yeah, all week. Oh, they sold that from PTI. Around the horn no. before PTI. I'm sorry. They sold that from the ringer. Bill Simmons said that. Uh, nobody listens to the ringer. Yeah, you're right. Nobody. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on, though. Speaking of futures and trades and everything like that, the one man in Boston who had been in trade talks for the last two years now, uh, Jalen Brown. Oh, you're probably adept in this conversation. I just threw this on here just kind of like to fill it out, but I forgot. You're a ringer boy. You're a Rosillo boy. You probably have so much insight into this. Well, it's just I. Um, there was a piece done by the ringer on uh, Jalen Brown and the situation. I cannot. I'll look it up to give the uh, writer credit. Uh, but um, this is a weird situation because he is a very he's an elite player uh right on the cusp of all nba which is the 15 best players in the in the nba he's right on that cusp um depends on if they want to count him as a guard or a forward it's kind of going to be the breaking point if they count him as a forward he's in if they count him as a guard he's out but for 2 years it has been jalen brown and tatum can't play together when it matters, when it counts, even though they made it to three Eastern Conference finals, but it was one of those things where it's, oh, it's a fluke. It's a bad East. It's a young team, blah, blah, blah. Then last year, they make it to the finals and they they play really well together and then just got beat out by a veteran Golden State team. And now it's back to this whole like what's going to happen when Jalen Brown's contract is up. If he makes the all NBA, he's up for the super max, the super duper max, the like five years, 210 million. Yeah, so they have yeah. to figure out what to do. Um the Celtics have been very almost nonchalantly clear about like, well, Jalen deserves his money is I, what they said. <laughs> so I don't even know what that means. What do you think about this situation as far as team chemistry going into the playoffs and everything like that? Um, I, I now I think, you know, these guys are professionals and they, they want to play for each other. I think that's fine. I mean, we've seen that all season long. They're above 50 win team. By the way, shout out to my Nuggets for finally writing the ship, beating, uh, they beat Milwaukee the other day and then beating Philly the other day as well. Um, and Milwaukee had Giannis. I just want to throw that out there. Kornheiser says that Giannis is the best player in the world. Yesterday, uh, Jokic beat him. Great. Uh, just prior. real quick. Logan Murdoch. It's uh, Jalen Brown is trying to find a balance is the name of the article. Just wanted to give him credit. Um, Murdoch. Why is Murdoch ringing a bell in my mind? Uh, if you watch Daredevil, that's the name of the guy. Okay, not what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Murdoch's so a really good staff writer for the Ringers. All right, all right, all right. They're, they're not promotion for the Ringers. They're not giving us anything. He does the real ones, <laughs> the podcast on the right, Ringer settle, settle down. I only all listen right. to a few. Ringerverse, shout out. 
Hey, we're uh, trying. We're trying to. Parlay is Steve this. Altman producing on there? Is Jomia Diderron producing on there? That's what the only happens if the Ringer calls us and go, "We want cheers from the press box as a Ringer podcast." Um, I need a lot of things. I need a lot. What of things. are you out of your I mind? Lo- I need a lot of things. I need a lot of things. I need a, a, a guaranteed contract, fully we're guaranteed. We're pirate ship, baby. We're independent. I need a fully guaranteed contract. Can't be let go. Um, well, you can uh, be let go, but you're still getting paid. Exactly. Still getting paid. Exactly. I need Jomi around me. I need Steve Altman around me. And it's gonna be, the production level on this is going way up. Way up. Way up. Uh, but yeah. You think we're going to be doing this out of our fucking apartments? No. I'm going to be sitting next to you in New York, baby. Hey, uh, they have offices here. Just flying up just to do the show and flying back. I want first class in my contract. I only fly first class on business expenses. Um, yeah, yeah Jalen Brown. I don't think Jalen Brown's flight. coming. They do that back. like fifteen times a day. Exactly, it's all day, baby. I don't think Jalen Brown's coming back. Uh, I think he has made it clear for quite some time now that he wants to be the number one guy. Um, it's cool being one B, but that's Jason's team, and that it's going to be Jason's team. And there's a reason he's constantly in trade talks, whether it had been Kawhi Durant. Paul George, I think at some point, maybe um, he's always been the uh, piece that is being up and shopped around. So they're not there's no guarantee that that won't continue as long as Jason is looked at as the one. So I think he's going to go and find his own situation somewhere else. I disagree only slightly with the fact that if I think if they make it back, if they can make it through Milwaukee and make it back to the NBA finals, which they won't. But if they, I'm saying if they do, I agree with you. But if they do, <laughs> I think management has to look at this as they have figured it out. We cannot get rid of Brown. I, I think they have to. They can say we cannot get rid of him for the time being. But again, once another sh- disgruntled superstar comes up, what, what is what, like, uh, what is it that makes that switch flip? So there is no Steph without Clay. There is no. Originally, KD without Russ. What do you don't think? say that? Don't say that. Clay almost got traded. Yeah, Let's never forget. Right. Clay was almost traded for I Kevin forgot. Love when Kevin Love was uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I and guess I believe the second, Minnesota the guy turned never, that down. I guess the second guy is never the second guy through. is never safe. If it's not get if if there's no execution, if you don't end up winning the thing, you have to look. You have to look to make your team better. It wasn't Russ, but. It was James Harden. His contract was coming yeah. up first. He wasn't going to be looked at as a foundational dollars. piece. So they decided to trade him to get Kevin Martin. Over $3 million. Hey, man. It's small things. It's the yeah. small things. No, you're right. I just, you actually make a Trust really good me, point. Trust me, if Denver, thinking, if Denver yeah. doesn't figure it out again here in the next year, Mike the Malone Joker is going to be looked block. at. No, Jamal Murray or Michael Porter, one of them will be looked at. As a piece to try to get something else. Yeah, it'll be Jamal Murray. Uh, God, it's show. That's why it's not show friends. It's show business, baby. Exactly. Ben Moving Simmons on. wasn't getting it done. You're getting out of here. We're building around Joel. Ben Simmons, a whole nother story. <laughs> but ben Simmons out for the rest of the season. Out for the rest of the season. I can't with this guy anymore. I can't. Look, I hope he's well. I hope his mentals are good. Mm. But strictly from a basketball analysis perspective this guy this guy can't cut it this guy I can't play this guy can't play as someone who's diagnosed three ways to sunday with different mental disorders i'm starting to lose empathy for this guy like i'm not gonna lose empathy because i'm starting to his it's mental like, listen, dude, I, his I deal mental with well-being. a lot too yeah like and i got scars all over my body to prove it but like at some point you have to fucking go to work i was say. Now when work's going to pay you not to go to work. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's point. Ringers talking about that guaranteed contract. Here exactly. we go. Exactly. That's why we want those guarantees, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's move it on. And you'll be surprised how quick. And- quick. Name hits. Quick hit. We can quick get through hits. this pretty quick, Brady. Yeah. The Panthers, they, they squandered their opportunity to make the postseason. Lose uh, losses in the last, I believe, two to three games. Like, I know last night to the Rangers. Uh, before that, to the Senators. Oh, sorry, four games. Lost to the Flyers. That's that was last week when we recorded. Since then, lost to the Maple Leafs. Lost to the Rangers. Lost to the Senators. Um, 
yeah, they squandered away their ability to, to enter the postseason. They let Pittsburgh overtake them. Uh, it is a no-go this year, even though we have one of the top five point getters in Matthew Kachuk. He has not been a disappointment as far as the trade. The coach that we brought in was a, that was a perennial loser, and we got rid of a guy who was a young upstart taking over the team for Coach Q after he went down for everything that happened in Chicago. The guy we brought in who, quote-unquote, wants to play playoff hockey has been a fucking failure of a human being as far as coaching goes, and it's annoying because we're still only three points out of uh, – being tied with Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh, I guess, has lost a few games here recently as well. But God dang it, you had the opportunity and they have not seized on the opportunity. So go ahead. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning are actually um, in danger of maybe slipping out of the playoffs. Not in danger. Get out of here. We've lost. Mm-hmm. We've lost four out of the last five. We've got ninety-two points. We have seventy-nine. There's no way you're gonna drop that far. Well, we've lost. We've dropped all the way to six. So maybe not out, but just not nearly as good as we wanted to play. Doesn't but matter with hockey. Everybody. That's can. true. That's true. So uh, Tampa Bay's looking good. We have lost four out of the last five, but looking good as far as getting into the playoffs. Uh, and then we'll make some noise. You know, if we got to bring somebody off the injured reserve list, you know, hiding players, you know, we'll maybe do that. Somebody, somebody, look for Kucherov. Where is he? Is he playing? Yeah, he's uh, playing. Is, he, is he somewhere in the, the Czech Republic, just sipping tea in my ties? Oh, looking at the uh, injury report, Tampa Bay actually has no injured players listed on the injury. Wow, report, so. that's a shocker, stunner. Uh, kind of a, what Houdini a move they're going to put out? <laughs> what Houdini yeah, trick are we going to do? Put out this year. Vasilevsky's going to stand on his head again in the postseason. The guy hey, can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. Won't be stopped. He's going to cover up the five hole. He can't stop because he won't stop, baby. That's mm. a little inside joke for everybody. Um, <laughs> I wanted to run this by you real quick. Uh, I saw something today where Bill Belichick was asked uh, if the Patriots, the New England Patriots, should be what, what should cause them to be optimistic about the upcoming 2023 season? And then Bill Belichick said the last 25 years. And I I became enraged when I saw this, so much so that I threw it on the rundown last minute. Joe, what's your take on a coach who would trade away or cut players, Hall of Fame players, with a year or two left in the tank, just get rid of them before it was too late, saying to everyone now that Hold need- on, hold on. The, the, you're setting this up very well. Sorry. I'm going to record this. Go okay. ahead. Joe, I wanted to get your opinion. I saw this thing uh, where Bill Belichick was asked about why the New England Patriots fans should be optimistic for the 2023 season. And he said for the past 25 years, I wanted to get your take on a coach who would cut and or trade Hall of Fame players when they still had a year or two left in the tank, asking his fan base to rely on his past performance for future success. Where where are you at with this? Because I'm enraged. This dude's a hypocrite. Absolutely not. He is the ideal person where past performance means nothing. The last three seasons, you're 25 and 25. What have you done for me lately, Bill? Are you asking me a question? Or did you I'm asking you how do you feel <laughs> Um, I think it's fine for him to say. Uh, I think I think the difference here is uh on the field, if your if your talents are diminished, uh if your talents are diminishing, we can find somebody to replace you. He's a 75-year-old coach. Whereas with coaching, he's a defensive coach primarily. Mm-hmm. His defenses are still top-notch. He has not lost a step as far as defense is concerned. What has been ailing him the last three seasons uh, and why they are 25 and 25, well, one, one of those seasons I'm just going to dismiss because his Hall of Fame potentially greatest quarterback ever to walk the face of the earth as far as winning championships are concerned, walked away. So that first one, I'm going to give him a pass on that. So the last two seasons... You got a former MVP that year. Has... uh, (laughs) 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 I I love Cam, but he has not been the same since that car accident. That car accident the year, I believe it was the year after they made it to the championship, he has not been the same since then. Um, But uh, the last two seasons... It's been purely arrogance. Last year, the biggest highlight of them all. He brought back Matt Patricia. He brought back the Joe situation. Judge. Absolutely, he, I agree. And and had them in tandem, two guys who had never called 
offensive plays, never called offense, weren't offensive coordinators. He decided to make them co-offensive coordinators and the play callers for the offense. And you saw how putrid that offense looked uh, as a result of that. He got rid of Josh McDaniels. Uh, well, Josh McDaniels left um, to pursue the, the Oakland job. And in that first season with uh, – with, uh, Las Vegas. No. Fucking – who's the quarterback kid? Mac Matt, Jones. Matt, Matt Jones. Uh, when Mac and Cheese, that first year with Josh McDaniel, he had a pretty good season. They made the postseason. Yeah. They, everything looked all right. And then Belichick got arrogant and tried to – he was, he was as Wilbon would say, he was, he was feeling himself. He was sniffing himself and said, I can do this with anything, anybody, anyone, any day, rain, sunshine, or snow. And he almost made the postseason. Almost ain't good enough. That team looked horrible offensively. They had no continuity. They had no consistency. Uh, the players obviously won't weren't coached right to understand uh, uh, game time and situation because you had Jacoby Myers do one of the dumbest plays we've seen ever in NFL yeah. history uh, when he threw that ball back to Mac Jones to Shout out Chandler uh, Jones and Chandler Jones took it and you know buried Mac Jones into the. He stuffed that mac and cheese um, with some lobster tails. Goddammit, little bread. <laughs> put a little parsley on that boy. Um, put a little rigatoni on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I think Belichick has not lost a step whatsoever. But I think he needs to check his ego at the door and understand that uh, there's there's systems for a reason. Yeah. All right. You put players. Think, hold on, bro. You put players and systems, and you let the systems flourish. All right. It's like a plant. You got to nurture the plant. You got to water it, and then it's gonna bloom. It's gonna grow. All right. Absolutely. So you just got to get good players in good systems. All right. All right. Do you want to do the soccer corner? I know you have a meeting coming up. Do you want to jump right to the press conference? I do have a meeting coming up. I'll tell him to hold his horses. All right. Okay. Uh, um. I believe Inter Miami. It's a quick soccer corner. I believe Inter Miami took an L. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, let me find it. MLS. Uh, Fulham didn't have a game this week. Uh, Fulham didn't have a game. They're off for international break currently. Uh, yeah, Miami lost to Chicago. That's what it was. Miami lost to Chicago. Fulham didn't have a game. Um, the U.S. played some international games. They've qualified for the Nations. Uh, cup or something like that i can't remember um hmm. yeah it was odd but uh we're, we're we got some reinforcements on the way one of the big things that we talked about for the u.s was they didn't have uh, a striker that really struck fear <laughs> into yeah. uh that didn't strike fear into opponent's eyes and they are getting reinforcements by way of of trying to find my guy's name, Florin Balogun. He is a uh, American-born to Nigerian parents, but he emigrated to uh, the UK at two years of age. But because he was born on American soil, he still qualifies to play for the U.S. national team. He's played for us once before. He played four games, had two goals in that time. Um, he was an Arsenal Youth Club member. He is currently playing for Arsenal, but he's loaned out to a couple. He's been loaned out for a couple different teams since 2020. Um, he's 21 years of age, and it is rumored that he will make the decision to forego his playing for England and come and try to play for the U.S. national team. And he'll immediately go to the top of the list as far as strikers are concerned. Hell yes! Yeah. So you saw me. A bit of good news on the. International front. So, Brennan, let's go to the press conference. Let's go to the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. (laughs) Joe, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Joe Dorver. You can find this show, Twitter and Instagram, at Sheridan Press. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the network. That is Who Does a Podcast. That is Anulo. That is Misbehavior Journal Club. Uh, don't forget to check out our clips on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Kieran press, check out our YouTube at a new low pod and check out our TikTok uh, at a new low pods with an S at the end. 
Um, all three shows clips are going on there. Made. Are uh, you doing course. all the clips for all the shows? Yeah, dude. Go like them, subscribe, and share. You just realized I'm doing it for all the shows. No, because I know you do ours because I tried it and it was disgusting. So I figured, <laughs> I figured. It's my favorite running life bit, though. Once, um, <laughs> once you did ours and they were getting like 13, 14,000 views, I was like, ah, I knew it. This is why I said the clips would be a good idea. And then all of a sudden, clips started popping up for every show. I just didn't put two and two together. Yeah, no, doing them for all the shows. Um, so, yeah, check out Where all those things. <laughs> That's a great question, Brian. This is why you. This is why you stay up till four in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> Brennan, right. tell us where we can find you. At Brennan T Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast. Um, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Uh, the very funny, hilarious Joe List will be on next week. Uh, that was a huge get. And then um, I also have another positivity podcast called The Power of How. And that's it, Joe. All right, Brennan. Get me out of here because I got a meeting to get. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out. I'm just going to say this. Virginia Tech Hokies. Making some noise. You shout Destiny Harden. You're a legend. And you helped that team become what they will be. A perennial winner. <laughs>